Good day, everyone, and welcome to another podcast. We've got a special one in store for you as we embark on a brand new series. It's your friendly neighborhood worship leader, Austin Taylor, here, just like Spider-Man. And we have with us our uh, two wonderful pastors, David McMahon. Let's get ready to rumble! And Trevor Kennedy. What's up? Oh, man, Did I just no, like... Yeah. You just... <laughs> you we clip on the audio? Down. Yeah. Oh, you clipped a ton, man. I'm going to have to work on that in post. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's like it's like Trevor has to be the loudest one of the three of us. But that also... Whatever we can do to give... Whatever we can do to give you more work, Austin. That's that's our goal. That really I did not say that, Austin. I did not say that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In fact, I tried to make it easier on you by uh, putting like Alan Jackson backing tracks <laughs> to any music you do. Yeah. Great. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. I wonder if we'll even talk about him in today's episode. It might come around to it for all. We, know. Um, we so should do like an over under how many times Alan Jackson shows up in a podcast. Hmm. At least one. That's the minimum. I mean, the over-under should be three, I think. <laughs> Are we going to mention it more than three times or less than three times? That should really be the bar that we set. Because um, it feels like it comes up every single time ever since I shared that story. Uh, okay. So we've got a special series that we're embarking on here. Uh, and it is all about uh, making up for the fact that we miss March Madness. Isn't that right, guys? Mm. Yeah, we're kind of dying over here. Although I'm a super sports nerd, so today is actually one of my favorite days of the year. It is NFL draft. NFL draft. Yep. I have who are the Cowboys going to with their first pick? Who are the Cowboys going to take? Clavon Chasen from the LSU okay. Tigers. Okay, I think it'd be a good pick. They could use the they could use the the talent at that position for sure. Is he running as linebacker or end right now? Rush end or what? Yeah, I think they're getting more of his defensive end, but uh, he, you know, they're going to do, they have a new, uh, whole new coaching staff. And so they're kind of going to run a hybrid 4 3 3 4. And so uh, he could be that kind of outside linebacker. Yeah. Rush in. Put him anywhere, make him go for the quarterback. I love it. Well, we are not a football podcast, though. And <laughs> Maybe we is, should be. <laughs> you know, honestly, I'm not I'm not opposed to it. That was a, uh, I if I wasn't a worship leader, I considered for a long time being a football coach. I love that stuff. But uh, we are missing out on March Madness, unfortunately, the NCAA tournament, which a lot of people love, even if they don't love basketball a ton because of bracketology. People love filling out those brackets seeing who's right you get the big upsets where all of a sudden unc gets beat by the california school for dolphins or something like that or the louisiana school for nuns or something um just the the really low seeds that shouldn't be there and so are you trying to say loyola was from louisiana is that what is that what you just said no alluded to maybe no i mean maybe subconsciously actually oh i mean i'm pretty sure they're in chicago no, I, I just, I don't think I was okay. trying to say okay. anything about We'll, we'll just move on. I'm sorry. I'm not naming anything besides UNC because my fiance worked there. Um, <laughs> so what we're doing here is something that uh, we, we are sharing a very subjective kind of opinion-based bracket here that we're discerning on this podcast and we will be sending out <laughs> later. We're trying to determine the best worship song it is a worship song bracket ncaa tournament style 
Uh, we're starting at the Sweet 16, and we are moving up until there is one best worship song, which is obviously a very subjective thing, but that's part of the fun is we get to bicker about it, and people can have their own opinions about it. And so the plan here is uh, we are going to discern what this bracket will be. We're going to pick 16 songs. Um, my dumb self misunderstood the directions, and uh, earlier it made a full 64-song bracket with seeds. And then they were like, no, we're just bringing the songs and doing it on the podcast. So I definitely worked too hard, um, my overachieving self. See if you're prepared and it shows off. Well, let's hope that I have it organized in my head. Uh, I, <laughs> it, it fried me pretty good, to be honest. So You didn't just do one to- of these, just make a list? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, so the plan here is we're going to – I won't go down the rabbit hole. I was going to go down – uh, we're going to discern these top 16 songs and we're going to seed them and make a bracket. And then we are going to fill out our individual brackets. We will also send out the bracket and our brackets to you, the listener, whoever you may be, to everyone that wants to do it. And uh, y'all will get to, for fun, also do the bracket if you'd like and argue about it with your friends and, and church members and stuff like that. Uh, but we're also going to uh, have you vote on, of the three of us, myself, Trevor, and David, who of us had the best bracket in your eyes? Well, no. So I think, I thought we were going, and maybe I'm wrong, David, you can tell me, but we were going to have them vote on like the matchups and whoever had the most accurate kind of bracket based on the, the way the people vote in the matchups was going to win. Is that, that is, that's yes. Wow. Okay. So I once again misunderstood the directions. Okay. So now that it's been clarified to me, the person that is hosting this podcast, great job, Austin. (laughs) We're so organized. I know. We're so organized. This is actually the second time we've recorded this podcast. This whole idea they've had to explain to me like eight times. We even had to hop on a phone call at one point because my dumb self couldn't understand it. Uh, Was it you or was it me? I think it was me. There's communication issues. It's it's a pandemic. I'm just saying we are professional communicators here, Austin. I'm he says that because I majored in communication for anyone who may be wondering. <laughs> and he's taking a real, real overt jab at that, um, which I certainly appreciate, Trevor. Thank you, boss. Uh, so anyways, so y'all are going to vote on the matchups is what we're going to do. And then uh, whoever at the end has the most accurate bracket of the three of us wins and the what other two will buy them wings. So uh that's that's the plan when we get back together one person gets to feast on wings at the other people's expense um which will also be just a so, for the three of us to get back together in person uh real life question top wing spot right now like if you could go get wings somewhere where would it be well i've already ordered wings from three separate places and i can say that i still believe that pluckers is the best value hmm. Yeah, for me, it'd be between Pluckers and Wingstop. Uh, Wingstop's fries are literally like crack. They're yeah, really I think that, that like powder that they put on it might be crack. It but might be. <laughs> kind of a dark horse, if you will, the Loyola of <laughs> uh, wings. <laughs> Have you ever had Brooklyn Height wings? Because they, especially oh, Happy yeah. Hour, Happy Hour, they're like five bucks for 10 wings or something crazy. Um, but wow, Brooklyn Heights, that, they, but I need to try it. That sounds good. 
It's a it's a local joint here in the uh, Cedar Park Leander area. Ah, mm. that explains my uh, my lofty Austin height. Austin self oh, living over here in Austin proper is is not going to understand that reference. I need to try it sometime. It sounds really good. So we may have Wingstop, we may have Pluckers, we may have Brooklyn Heights. Uh, we'll see. But you decide who the one feasting on wings is going to be um, right. by voting and, and having fun filling out this bracket. So today, the purpose of the podcast is to figure out what the bracket's going to be. We're going to have 16 songs by the end of this. And the goal, the, the way that we're organizing this is to have, just like there's regions in uh, the NCAA tournament, we have four different categories or genres or however you want to define these categories. Um, First and foremost, we're going to have traditional songs, traditional hymns, you might call them. Um, and these are songs that probably, this is a very wide-ranging, all-encompassing kind of thing. Lots of stuff you'd find in the hymnal, uh, even in other hymnals that are not just the Methodist hymnal, because we're all good little Methodists here. Uh, then we also have, as the second genre, uh, contemporary songs. So we're qualifying this as probably Rich Mullen onward kind of thing, Uh People from the late '80s, early '90s, uh, all the way up until now. Um, Were you even born when Rich Mullen was like bopping? Probably not. I don't want to talk about it, but don't do not look down on me because I am young. I am a mm. worship leader. I know Rich Mullen. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of that's kind of worship leader 101. Is you learn the history, and uh, Rich Mullen is right there at the forefront of it. Uh, so. Anyways, so we're we're kind of going that cutoff early '90s, maybe all the way through two, 2020 now, um, with the contemporary Christian music style. The third that we have, third category, is going to be gospel songs. So this could be this is a pretty wide ranging one too, in a lot of ways, because it covers a lot of different subgenres of gospel, um, and even some hymns that you could qualify as gospel. So I'm intrigued to see how these guys defined it compared to how I defined it. Uh, and the last one we have is going to be Wesleyan songs. So as good little Methodists, we love Charles Wesley, who's one of the most prominent hymn writers of all time, who is the brother of John Wesley, who started the Methodist Church. And so we're going to uh, be have we're going to have an entire category that's just their songs uh, that Charles wrote or that John translated. And, and uh, yeah, and Charles has some he has some hitters. He, I'm sorry, you cut out a little bit there. What was that? He's got some heavy hitters that are, I think they're going to play well. I do. Yeah. He also has like 3000 songs. If you've like actually looked up at them and some of them, there were multiple of like the same name that he, I don't know if he rewrote like four or five times, but I was like, I, Hey, I don't know this song, but you've got six versions of it. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, that was a, for, for those of you that don't know, one of the ways that hymns are written is that they're actual hymn melodies. And uh, an accompaniment that is already set in stone. So you may hear hymns that sound similar to each other, and it's because uh, they use the same melody. So, like Linux is a melody, L E N N O X. That's a very common melody that they classify hymns as. And so they actually will write words and then set the words to already written music, and that's a hymn. Uh, so that's that's I'm just to feel a little. Yeah, I'm starting to feel a little out of my depth here. Depth here, Trevor. He's talking about like, <laughs> so theoretically, and I'm just, I'm just taking your knowledge. You just dropped on us. Could we take like baby got back and added Christian words to it? And it would become, and it would be a hymn. Yeah. I mean, 
honestly it, it's it's done in in irony and in jest and so i don't think it would necessarily qualify for the intention of what a hymn is supposed to be written for but yes you could write it in the hymn style you could write just about anything in the hymn style by just taking these melodies that have already been written in this accompaniment and pulling it over and in fact actually like john wesley he often translated words and poems that were written and then said it to bach so that's or i mean he took some bar songs right just like good old drinking songs and that's some of that too yeah um yeah. if you ever feel like you're swaying to a hymn in church there might be a reason why right yeah. um yeah which is very ironic people set in the ways of the same tunes that they've always played when you know the founder of our movement really found music that met people where they were and then provided the gospel through that music because for john wesley hymns were a primary way of teaching theology right see that is that is deep and it's also a rabbit hole that i could talk about the entire day <laughs> let's not go to <laughs> so as y'all can see we love this stuff we're excited about this and i think this will be a good way for us to uh to to have a good time in the middle of all this quarantine stuff this pandemic uh and we may my hope is also that we can rediscover our love for this music in some way and maybe you even hear new songs that you want to learn about or connect with that make the Sweet 16 that uh, you haven't heard of before and that you want to check them out. And maybe that can speak some real awesome uh, peace and theology into your soul. So I think the place for us to start that is best as we discern four of the top songs from each of these categories and we debate about it is going to be uh, Wesleyan songs because... I think there's some clear-cut winners here, more so than other categories. Um, I think we still have some some debate about it. But So I will share real quick my top four songs that I think belong in the Sweet 16 for Wesleyan songs are Hark the Herald Angels Sing, a classic Christmas song. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Third is Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, another Christmas song. Or Advent song, I should say. And fourth is Christ the Lord is Risen Today, a classic Easter tune. Which is probably sang in almost every church on Easter Sunday, just about, in most churches. Yeah. This is awkward, Austin. What, do you have the same one, same four? No, I'm just saying David called us out for not actually singing my favorite Easter hymn on Easter Sunday. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Christ yeah. the Lord is Risen Today is definitely... That is my number one seat in the uh, Wesley really? region, if you will. Um, what are your other uh, What are your other ones? Come now, long expected. Um, near my God to thee. Uh, that one. That one hit for me. And uh, hark the herald. Okay, so I think we agree on hark the herald. Come now, long expected, Jesus. Um. I also have O oh, Four Thousand Tongues to Sing. I mean, it's the first song in the United Methodist hymnal. Yes. Let's be honest here. I, yes. It's really going to be hard to leave that one out. Right. And then I was staying on the table, and I know it may not be the most common one, uh, but, uh, and can it be, um, actually, let me pull it up. Ah, where is it? And can it, because I always forget the saying of the title, and can it be that I should gain? Because I think it's the, it, it's almost Wesleyan theology in one, one song. Because here you have, you know, John wants to say, give them Christ and Christ crucified, right? And and this whole song is about can't, how how is it that God would die so that I might have life? And 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 that's I mean that's 
essentially the gospel or, or the, the initiation of the gospel. And so um, if you look at the refrain, amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? And when I sing that song, it just breaks me down. And, and, and I think I actually learned this song from the, there's a contemporary version, in my opinion, called You Are My King. Parentheses, amazing love. A parentheses, amazing love. And uh, I think every time I hear that line, it just gets me right in the feels. So uh, that one is really important to me. And I think it's a great tune theologically as well. I agree. So this starts to beg the question here. How did y'all discern what the best worship songs were? What was your criteria? Well, you go ahead, David, and then I'll, I'll explain mine. Mine were, I kind of like, overall so what is the best theology the ones that i want to sing the ones that uh that are culturally relevant all together in in one package so uh if i was going to really take time i probably would have created a chart and ranked them in like each category one to ten and then uh develop the the highest average in those things that's that's how i would do it but i kind of did that in my head of culturally relevant best theology best tune all in one what about you, Austin? You just don't want to share yours. I'll, I'll share yours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's so funny. How long can Trevor push this off? So <laughs> my criteria was definitely the, the focal point of it. Uh, because here's, here's the thing. I believe that uh, these hymns that we have in our hymnal and that we sing have lasted through time because they have pretty good theology, in my opinion. Mm. And because they are good musically, um, if if they weren't didn't have those two things, they probably have not survived long enough for us to have even heard of them. Um, and so I think that the ones that I described as best would be the ones that have the most cultural significance, that the most people know, the most people sing, the most people can connect with a name. Um, it, you could call it a popularity thing, but I, I think... The reason they have become popular is because they are effective at what they do, which is connect people to God. Uh, so that is that is my opinion. Um, and so I, you changed that a little uh, when we tried to record the first time. You you were talking about musicality and I did not talk stuff. about musicality. I am trying very hard, in fact, not to reference only musicality in this because I actually like uh, out of all these songs that are in a lot of categories that I put. I don't think there's any of them that are, I could call my favorite in any of these genres. I actually like don't. My favorites are not on here because, and I like the ones I like usually because of the musicality. Because you know, I'm a musician, so I want to have something really interesting and and cool and harmonically awesome. So I'm trying. I'm trying really hard not to do that. So if that sneaks out, I apologize because that's just an alienating thing for people that don't connect with music in the identical way that I do. So. What about you, Trevor? So, so uh, <laughs> whereas both of y'all kind of took a um, more systematic approach, we'll say it that way. Uh, I just went with kind of what a song, I don't know, a song that bops, you know, like uh, when we do worship planning, we talk about a song being a rum raisin or one that just has that right flavor and that right just kind of like, mm, I don't know. You can't describe it. Yeah, it's just it's just the perfect song, and it just kind of hits you in the soul. And so that's that's kind of what I was. Uh, that's what I went with. <laughs> yep. So, 
I think that we would agree. Come thou long respect to Jesus. Um, we would agree with Christ Lord is risen today and Hark the Herald, right? Or are those our, our our three that we all agree on? I think so. Yes. So so what's I guess it's what is that fourth one? And that's hard because I really love over a thousand times of scene and and can it be, you know? My argument would be that I think that And Can It Be is a great song, but I also think of 4,000 Tongues to Sing is the first in the hymnal for a reason, and that a lot of people have heard of that one more so. I'm not saying they haven't heard And Can It Be, but I think people can hear and sing Oh 4,000 Tongues to Sing much quicker than they can And Can It Be. My only capture the heart of worship, right? I mean, that's what this is. It's it's a song that is about praise and telling you why we are praising God. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's hard to beat. I mean, I was about to be say something, and then you said that and made it sound so beautiful. Um, so <laughs> I was about to say, uh, I feel like, I mean, I'm, I mean, over a thousand tongues made my list, right? But I also feel like it's one of those songs. I just looked it up in the hymnal. It has seven verses. It's one of those that I'm like, oh man. No one does all seven going. though. No one has ever done all seven. That that does not happen. People pick, We're changing that this at Sunday. Most the, the at most people pick the best five verses. There's a formula. You know, and Crowder actually has a pretty good over a thousand tongues to sing that can be done in a contemporary setting that I love like. Translate. So are we going with are we going with the thousand tongues? I think so. How would you rank then or seed these one through? So we said, Christ the Lord is risen, come thou long expected, hark, uh, the herald, and a thousand tongues. How would you seed them? I would seed hark first, Christ the Lord is risen today second, come thou long third, oh, four thousand tongues to sing fourth. I might switch three and four. I think I think that oh, four thousand um, should be three. Okay. And come what, that long is the fourth fourth? One? Come that long. Yeah, I, I mean I love that song and it's one of the few Advent hymns, right? <laughs> that are truly about Advent. Um, but I think that it's it's just a little less I could see um, that. I could agree with that. Yeah. I think over like you said, it's the first one in the hymnal. So I think I would go with that three. It's interesting if we do this and I mean this is how it works, right? If we do this, the two Advent songs slash Christmas songs kind of they're the first round matchup. Right. I, I'm okay with that. I think that'll be really interesting. Yeah, I like it. Austin's taking notes for next admin of which song's the favorite. Oh, I am. St- <laughs> this is going to be a textbook for me. <laughs> what do people enjoy? That's also why I think I, I might do pretty good at the bracket. Because I think I hear more than the rest of y'all feedback on what songs people like and don't like. <laughs> yeah. People are going to love hymns because they do. They just... They, oh, they totally. have uh, such long-lasting significance to them. So, right. All right, what's our next region? All right, our next category, we're going to uh, go to gospel because I think the contemporary Christian one and the traditional one are going to be rather contentious. So we're going to get gospel out of the way because I think it's actually the one that probably the three of us are least familiar with because of our background as just white dudes that are in the, <laughs> I don't know. There's a chance that not all my songs are actually gospel. Yeah, I mean that's another thing. It's it's a broad definition. So there's uh there's Yeah, can we like so Elvis Presley's album or any of those, are you gonna count those as gospel? So, like yeah. Yeah. yeah, so so there's there's a different for those of y'all that don't know, there's actually quite a few subgenres of, of gospel. 
the biggest ones that uh, like musicologists would label as as the two big subgenres are Southern gospel and Black gospel. Black gospel coming from spirituals and the very rich history of an overcoming of oppression um, and and dealing with that through music. And then Southern gospel arose in a very similar time span, a little bit after that, uh, when it, when the formal Black gospel was really written down and these songs were recorded and shared. Um, and Southern gospel has its roots in Appalachia with quartets, uh, usually four part with like guitar, mandolin, fiddle, and banjo, and four part harmonies. And so uh, a lot of folk music you see also has like Oh Brother Where Art Thou has a lot of uh, classic gospel music in that way too. So, um, so this honestly, this one for me is probably going to be harder just because um, I feel like gospel music captures that rum raisin idea of like just hitting you in the soul and just like you want to yes. dance or you want to cry or you just like mm, it just has it and so i have a list of literally one two three of 12 songs uh for gospel music <laughs> oh my gosh okay okay why don't why don't i go first and then uh while trevor narrows his down because i don't want to go i don't want to go after austin because he's just going to blow us out of the water so. um and then you can kind of narrow it down from 12, at least a little bit. <laughs> um, okay. So I have um, Abide With Me. Okay. And then uh, Morning Has Broken. And uh, Give Me That Old Time Religion and Wade in the Water. And Wade in the Water is one, that one is probably, you've seen that when I was a kid. And so I have a, a probably more emotional attachment to that one. Are those gospel, Austin? Uh, I'd, I'd probably label all of them as gospel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had on my list of 12, I had none of those. <laughs> See, this this is going to get a little bit. Yeah. We're going to start to have to compromise here a little bit and figure it out, hash it out. Okay. Uh, also, did you put weight in the water or the water? Because I love this core edition mm. that uses the water. And it's yeah, because that's the right. Well, and I try to get some of the African American spiritual songs that kind of made it into gospel. Right. So that's probably how it was originally. It was weighed into water, right? Right. Which I think is is yeah, like you said, it's true to its roots. I think it's it helps connect with the original spirit of it. It's a beautiful song. I love weighed in the water. Yeah, and I love I love, Af- I love those African American spiritual songs because you know talking about liberation and and God's work of setting the captive free. You know, here were people who, because of, you know, some people have called it uh, America's original sin, right? Of slavery. Yeah. And here are people who are are actually physically enslaved and crying out to God. And so, you know, we are all enslaved to sin and we're all crying out to God. But some people even have physical enslavement. And so I think it has just such deep resonance to the Old Testament, New Testament, and all those things. I'm with you. Austin. You go ahead and I'll see if like, I'm still, I don't know. I'd like all of these just like, mm. yeah. Okay. So uh, those that don't know, basically I found a new gospel artist who, um, she's an African American woman and I keep sending Austin songs of, and she'll do like covers of contemporary worship. And I'll just be like, Hey, can you, can you do this for me? And he just kind of blankly stares at me. Tasha Cobbs Leonard. She's really amazing and she is everything I am not. <laughs> she's powerful 
and soulful and has this richness and authenticity to herself and to her voice that is incredible. And she sings gospel music with an incredible amount of emotion and raw purity and, and amazing, this amazing beauty. And I, I cannot, I would never in a million years be able to emulate her. It, to the, to the so point it, where I feel like I would be doing it an injustice by singing her songs. So just feel bad for Austin because when we started talking about this, I started like listening to gospel music and I would send him like, hey, like you need to, can you do this on Sunday? And basically I keep having, asking him to emulate a gospel African-American woman singer. Um, right. Like it's, it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like Mick Jagger trying to emulate it. Like that's just not gonna happen, you know. Like, like he's a great singer and does his own thing and everything, but it just would never translate. So <laughs> pray for me because <laughs> that's what I'm being. Whoo. You need to find that old time religion. Apparently, give me mm. that old time religion. Mm. Okay, so I'll I'll list uh four four of my songs. How about that? I actually had more than four also, but I'm gonna narrow it down because as as much as I hate to narrow it down, I wish we could have more in this category because there's so many good songs that people probably haven't heard. So my my uh, first one is uh, "We Shall Overcome," uh-huh. which was uh, it, it was the song of the civil rights movement in many ways, and it was actually a song that was a, translated. It, it was a rendition of "I Shall Overcome" by Charles Tinley, one of the original gospel hymn writers. Um, so "We Shall Overcome." Second, I actually put drum roll, please. The Old Rugged Cross by, by uh, the rendition I like to listen to apparently is by Alan Jackson. I feel like <laughs> it's a song that uh, I know it's it's really ironic, but I actually feel like it's a song that people really connect to, and uh, I wanted to represent Southern gospel in there somehow, and I feel like that's a great way to do it. And that one's really interesting because it didn't make the final cut, but that was almost one of my classic counts as well. There we go. Because it, it's mm. one of those genre busting. Amazing Grace could be considered gospel you know i mean right. there's several that that bust that genre and go back and forth right right so uh yeah that's that's another one i have uh i also have uh let's see i gotta narrow it down a little bit here oh man there's two that i'm really torn on that i really want to include but i can only include one okay so i'll, I'll move on from that debacle from those two and say what a friend we have in jesus i'm including that one as a gospel song um, mm-hmm. It has its roots with these gospel hymn writers. For those that don't know, there there are hymn writers that were gospel writers um, in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Uh, two of the most famous of which, for example, are Fanny Crosby and uh, and Charles Tinley. But there's others like Charlie Tillman and stuff like that. Um, but they there's their music is kind of a genre bending between hymns and gospel. A lot of people mm-hmm. call it gospel, but it's included in a lot of hymnals. Um, so, uh, yes, what a friend we have in Jesus, I feel like is that kind of genre bending nature that those gospel hymn writers have, but I would qualify it first and foremost as gospel. And lastly, I have Mary, don't you weep by, uh, well, it was made famous by Aretha Franklin. Um, I can't remember who the original artist was for it, but, uh, that was not anywhere on my list of 12. Well, so the reason I have it is that, first off, it's a very famous gospel song, and Aretha Franklin does an amazing rendition of it. Also, the lines in it were the inspiration for Simon and Garfunkel's gospel song, Bridge Over Troubled Water. 
Um, so uh, I think that it has the words of it and the the impact it's <clears throat> had culturally has been a uh, a very very widespread uh, effect. And so uh, even if you haven't heard of it, Bridge Over Troubled Water is considered to be Simon and Garfunkel's most famous song, um, and along with like stuff like The Sound of Silence. But it was their attempt at gospel. And uh, yeah, so I, I felt like that was significant enough that Mary Don't You Weep should earn recognition for not just its, uh, its impact uh, as a song on culture, but the way it inspired other musicians and artists as well. All right, Trevor, hit us up. I don't know how y'all missed Oh Happy Day. Like that one right there, as soon as that plays, people are in the aisles dancing and hooping and hollering. Like that is just, that bops. It was on my extended list, yeah. I I like how your explanation was, that bops. (laughs) It bops, yeah. I mean, this is the genre before that, Trevor, to be fair, man. Like, and then, and maybe this is where y'all were talking about the hymn bending or kind of bending too but i'll fly away Mm. you get some soul i'll fly away and sweet sweet baby jesus just take me now i'm I'm, I'm ready do what just terrible theology he said it's terrible theology yeah but the spirit can move even in bad theology yeah that's why i didn't make my list it's just like uh, i just can't can't do it it is really theology but it's fun so it fits his qualifications. It's fun. Is that what is that what you're saying? Oh, my songs are just fun. You said, and I would, I would say gospel, gospel songs worried less about correct theology and more about impact. So you know, I, I think that's fair. You know, in a gospel situation, because it's more about the emotion of of the song than and 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 in a deep resonant way, not in a shallow kind of way. Right. What does it What does it change within you? What what is the impact it has on you, not just emotionally, but how does it change the way that you experience the world around you and experience exactly. your relationship with God? So well, and you can't I don't I feel like you can't have gospel without something like a um his eye is on the sparrow. That's another just something that, that uh you know it's just soulful. Um so we have twelve so- we have twelve songs between the three of us. I mean, and I have, that's only three for me. Uh, What's your fourth one? How can you do, and maybe this is more of kind of a Southern gospel, but like just a closer walk with thee. Mm -hmm. I mean, like Louis Armstrong, when he did that, mm, mm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Jesus, just come. Okay. So which ones are y'all ready to stand on the table for? I think Old Rugged Cross has to be on the list. I, I would stand up for Old Rugged Cross and We Shall Overcome as okay. as two. That I, I think the We Shall Overcome had an incredible impact in two different eras of history. I agree. So I, what about, I think it's hard not to. I would I would also <laughs> say Wait in the Water. I would I would stand up for that one. That one's a, that one actually qualifies I, for the bop too. I think that fits a lot of criteria. <laughs> But yeah, I guess, but like, I don't know, man. Oh, happy day is the one like, I'm like, that would be my one seed. Oh, that's, that's, that'd be my four. Like I'm not four as in four seed without seeding. That would be the fourth one I'd stand up for. Are you, are you with that Trevor? Or is there one you feel like definitely has to be on there from your list? Um, 
Yeah, that's fine. I, I mean, yeah. So we got Rugged Cross, Old Rugged Cross, We Shall Overcome, Wade in the Water, and Oh Happy Day. I think that's a good four. It's interesting that only one of those is really kind of in most hymnals. Um, yeah. I believe Wade in the Water is in the Methodist hymnal. Maybe not. Is it? I didn't think so. I could be wrong, though. I can't recall. Nope, it is not. It's not? Okay. Um, so that's where, that? like, that's where, like, things like I'll Fly Away, Swing Low, His oh, Eyes on the Sparrow. That's right. It's in the Faith We Sing, which has more gospel in it. It does. Just a Closer Walk with the, I mean, so. all of those, like, those are in the hymnal. That's maybe why. And maybe just all of those remind me of like the West Texas hymn sings on Sunday night of like, you're going to go to church at 6 PM and just sing hymns. And that, uh, maybe that's why those are kind of heartfelt for me. You and your 6 PM hymn sing every Sunday night. Actually, I would love that. I, you know, some people do like beer and hymns and that would be a lot of fun to do as well. Oh yeah. Let's do it over zoom. So that everyone has a different lag too. And it's kind of like we're in the round, but unintentionally. That is actually my nightmare. That is so <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, what do we have for our ranking on these four? Um, we shall overcome number one or old rugged cross. I, I would actually feel genuinely racist if I didn't put, we shall overcome first. <laughs> I feel like, and that's that I feel like that's kind of a, a, a way to not make this a serious discussion. I genuinely feel like we shall overcome should be first and over cross should be second. Yeah. And then happy day or wade in the water. I will put Oh happy day third. Yeah, I would do. And I put, which is it, again, first. interesting because it puts the two kind of African-American spiritual songs. Head right, to head. And the Southern gospel together too. Head to head. Yeah. I like it though. Cause then you have one of each going to the, the final of that section. That is interesting. Okay. Um, all right. One for We Shall Overcome. That, that's going to be a hard seed for me to pick between Happy Day and Old Rugged Cross. I'm just saying. I know, man. Well, the good. Well, when it gets to Sweet 16, it should be tough, right? I mean. I mean, yeah. That's uh, All these, I think, are going to be difficult for us to choose. When we put them head to head and we're putting them like that. Okay. Let's move on to uh, contemporary Christian songs. We'll save hymns for last. So I grew up on hymns, but it's probably the music of my genre is probably contemporary songs. So like, this is probably the one that I care or, or between this one and hymns and West. I mean, but this is the one that if I was to choose a worship service, I'm probably going to a contemporary worship service. Right. Just me personally. So, so this is a, I think one I care a little more, not care. That's the wrong word. This is one I have a little more input than say the, the gospel. Although I do like gospel. I'm just, not very informed about it see this one's going to be really hard for me if we um at least if i were to sit in y'all's shoes and do it more systematically uh just because a lot of the songs that are contemporary worship um i feel like are just overdone and like i mean yeah i'll just leave it at that songs like how great is our god just doesn't do it for me anymore because churches I were was in did it every Sunday um and so it just kind of I don't know burned me out on it if that makes sense mm-hmm. oh yeah is he and and I think that's one of the, the things about these contemporary hymns is because 
or these contemporary songs is they don't have the depth of theology of some of the, the hymns. And so they can get burned out. And like you're saying, a lot of times churches will just sing the same favorite ones over and over again. Yeah. As a contemporary worship leader, the difficult part in this was setting aside my personal taste, because as someone that has to play these songs and practice these songs, there's some of them that made the list that I literally never want to do again. I'm so sick of them at this point. Um, but it was once I was able to set aside my ego and my personal taste with this stuff, I actually found it surprisingly easy to narrow it down to four songs that I felt like really captured in my system of significance and cultural significance, really captured uh, what I thought contemporary songs should capture in in their place in history in the church. So, so when I we're actually, talking contemporary, yeah. Did y'all do like Hillsong, Passion, Elevation, or were y'all looking more like Tomlin, Crowder, that kind of, or even uh-huh. further back, like Rich Mullins? It was a mix. I had a mix. Yeah, me too. I had a, li- a mix. I felt like it would have been, uh, it would have been doing injustice to the era of this whole decades long era of contemporary Christian music if I stuck to just one artist or one time period in there so i kind of gathered the the four that i felt like captured it from different perspectives and eras along this path how many paul below songs do you have none none i had one on the great on the extended list and then i narrowed it down <laughs> i mean it's hard not to have opened the eyes of my heart right but i that one actually did not make my list let's go through how about we go through it um who wants to go first do you all want me to go first or do you all want to go first sure sure go ahead okay so i started with how great is our god um, mostly because uh, I feel like that one people know, and people know it for good reason. Um, we do it so much that people feel sick of it. I understand. Um, and worship planners and people involved in the, the leadership of worship definitely generally have a distaste for the song, myself included. But it's an incredibly well-written song. Um, it is one that everyone is capable of singing, which is the task of corporate worship is everyone singing the song. Um, And so I felt like the way that had an impact on worship music after it was so profound and the way it impacted the worship experience for people that I had to include it. The second one I put is, can I say something about the song that I think is missing in a lot of um, contemporary songs? Uh, how great is our God is Trinitarian and a lot of times it's very rare yes. to find a song that is actually Trinitarian, which I think is, is what that that's one of the first ones that I remember that actually brought in father, son, Holy spirit. Yeah, totally. I think it's got some of the best theology mm-hmm. of contemporary worship songs. Um, now then that's a great point. The second one y'all are going to hate me for again. Uh, I put, I can only imagine by mercy me. I mean, the song, because you got to remember, my perspective here, there we go. My perspective of this is cultural significance. And I can literally imagine has done, it's had a movie made about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it has done so much more for uh, the people outside the church witnessing worship and theology for the first time than just about any other worship song. Um because it's not written only as a worship song it's kind of in that middle spot between radio christian music and worship music uh and so it was a chart topper on billboard for like 
it was the longest chart topper on on the Christian charts for Billboard in all of the two thousands. Um, and yeah, and it literally I, brings people to tears. It literally does. It's played at funerals. It's been played at weddings before. I know as well. Um, and so for people that are coming from an outside perspective, this is one of the big songs that people witness in Christian music these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that on its own bears bears worth um, and, and mention. You stating that makes my like soul cringe. Yeah, I mean, let me clarify. I will never play this song in a service unless it's a funeral and someone or or wedding people ex- ask me to do it. In which case, I'll gladly do it for them. But yeah. I, we did it because independently. I would never do this. We did it because the guy preaching this last Sunday asked for it. That's there we go. We yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. So. Perfect. Perfect. Right, what's your, what's your other two? My other two are "Mighty to Save" and "This Is Amazing Grace." I feel like both of them are important because one "Mighty to Save" ushered in the Hillsong era, you could call it, of Hillsong worship and the worship factories of these churches with their worship teams beginning to produce a ton of music which was really big and important in the worship world because of Hillsong. We have things like Bethel and elevation and United pursuit and all these things. Um, so my to save was kind of the genesis of a lot of that. Uh, and also this is amazing grace. I feel like really impacted the way that worship music was defined genre wise. Uh, things kind of shifted after that song was written by Jeremy Riddle and Phil Wickham. Uh, and also I included those two for the other reason is because those two songs, as well as how great is our God, um, those songs are really, really big internationally. Every time I've encountered a multicultural or multilingual service or people from outside. I mean, I went to Guatemala and worshiped with Guatemalan Christians, American Christians, and Costa Ricans, and everyone was singing uh, Mighty to Save and How Great is Our God and This is Amazing Grace in their own languages and even dialects of Spanish because there's obviously dialects of that too. And so, like, it was... It was beautiful. And so I think that those songs, uh, to me, have significance in a global context as well. So I wanted to include those. Yeah, I love both of those songs. Mighty Save was one of my favorites for a while. And uh, I, I almost break down every time I sing This Is Amazing Grace because it has the line, who makes the orphan a son and daughter. And, you know, that's, that's like my story. So uh, those are good. Those are good choices. Great. So who wants to go next? I feel like I over-talked about it, but I wanted to just... That's okay. It. I can go next, you go know, and then David. Trevor can, can bring in the, uh, bring us up on the, on the, on the, on the caboose. So I, I went with, um, of course, since I did And Can It Be, I had to do You Are My King. I think that is the contemporary song that, that really was the first contemporary song that was like, this is, this means something to me. And like I said, that, that line of how can it be that you, my king, would die for me. You know, that, that that gospel message, and not just me, but for all people. So, and the fact that it, it quotes a Wesleyan hymn is, is amazing. Um, so, Are You My King by Chris Tomlin. Uh, 10,000 Reasons by uh, Matt Redman. And uh, one of the reasons I like this is because uh, in, the, in the 2000s, I can't remember exactly when I got exposed to Tizay music. And I feel like 10,000 Reasons has an element of Tizay in it. Um, and I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but it sure feels like it was. And so, um, I like the lyrics, like the song, and I like that it reminds me of that. A more recent one is, uh, So Will I. And the reason I like it is because of how it it talks about creation, um, and, and about how all of creation worships God. And, and I think that the words are really impactful 
and, and if you listen to the song, it, it, it really, um, it really hits me, um, just about like all of the universe worshiping God. And, and I don't know, the progression of the song is, is really powerful. And the last one, uh, for me, I love the band Ren Collective and, uh, they have a song, build your kingdom and our build your kingdom here. And I really like this song because it's one of the few songs that talks about our work on earth. You know, so many of our praise songs, you know, people get, uh, kind of focused on going to heaven and stuff like that. But so much of our mission as Christians is to bring heaven to earth. And so this one actually talks about that, you know, fill your streets and land, set your church on fire, um, change the atmosphere, build your kingdom here. We pray. I just, I just love it. So, uh, and that's also a more recent one. So those are my four. It's interesting. I was just scrolling through kind of looking at, uh, nineties and early two thousands, Christian worship leaders that we have not named yet, uh, casting crowns. Uh, I think David, you did a Matt Redman song. Uh, third day was quite popular. Uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman. We did not touch him no or any w. of the songs he had. No Michael W. Smith. I mean, um, yeah, totally. it's interesting. I mean, that's the hard part uh, of having four songs is that people are going to get left out. Yeah. Yeah. Third day. Uh, that was early two thousands. That was, like offerings and and those uh i think that was the name of the cd and the song and uh it was killed every song on that god of wonders man that was that was my jam for a long time trevor's gonna mention jesus freak i just know it <laughs> you and mark ebersole from our church so. it's a good one i love that song but uh i would probably choose big house over jesus freak i'm just saying <laughs> all right um, so give, us, give us your four trevor so my four are uh how he loves crowder that just um that has that kind of heart-wrenching kind of soul uh emotional feel for me um and i think it i think it i mean i don't remember when it came out but uh, it stood the quote test of time in contemporary music um i think it was about 08 something like that yeah so i mean 12 years and some churches still use it kind of in that rum raisin slot occasionally yeah just um, like our god yeah I, i'm i'm kidding i'm kidding I hate you. <laughs> um, so uh, this is Amazing Grace made mine. I think that just kind of, uh, I don't know. I think it opened the door for some some of the other kind of current worship leaders. Um, those are the two that I was kind of holding strong on. I mean, I've got stuff like Great Things and Living Hope, but it's still by Wickham. Um yeah, I, I don't. So the problem for me and Austin knows this is like I love too many of the mashups. Mm. Mm-hmm. I and love the "How Great Is Our God," "How Great Thou Art" mashup, where you finish up with you go into "How Great Thou Art." Amazing. Uh, y'all did not name "Shout to the Lord" or like trading sorrows or every move I make. I feel like those three and we can pick whichever, but those kind of um, ushered in an, an era of youth worship that we did not discuss. Shout to um, the Lord was like five for me. You were five. Yeah. It was, it was like the, no. the one that oh, I cut. Fifth on your one. list. Okay. Was much older than that. <laughs> no, no, I was older. Yeah. No shout to the Lord. Um, I remember uh, being in college and being at, um, at our uh, summer training camp, which was miserable. Anytime we do training in the army, it's miserable. 
And every Sunday they sang shout to the Lord. And that was like the high point of my week was going to worship and for one hour, not thinking about anything military and singing shout to the Lord. And so I have a personal connection with that song. Yeah. It's a good one for sure. Well, Um, now that that Trevor's opened up, we were like, Hey, bring four songs. And Trevor's brought seven. Um, No, 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 no. I've got one that I think, um, I think should be on there. And simply because I think it's kind of opening up doors for new worship leaders um is and maybe you can argue this with me austin but a song like build my life or uh, one of those that um i think we're seeing are more worship uh artists are kind of doing these uh worship services and uh gosh what did i i just blanked on the um like that upper room link that you sent me where it's in a warehouse, right? And they just do kind of like a worship night in a warehouse or in the round or living room sessions or that type of stuff. I think uh, Build My Life has been one of those songs that has led towards that direction. Yeah, and and let me let me be explicit to people that are listening that Build My Life, which we do a lot of uh, good news. I'm not sure. Do y'all do it a lot at over at Rockbridge? No, I don't think we've done it. Okay. Well, uh, so it's a song by House Fires written by very prominent worship writer, Pat Barrett. Um, and it came out in 2016. And CCLI is kind of the the reporting group for worship music for licensing and everything. And so they keep a tab on what the most played songs are in the U.S. every week and everything. And what's popular, uh, their top songs. And Build My Life has been number one for four years. Hmm. It is. It has been a very, very prominent song in worship ever since it came out for the last four years. So I definitely see the merit to that. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to narrow it down. So I don't want to get too many of the early two thousands. You know, I think we could do probably four from that between my totally. say you were my uh, you were my king, and what was the other one that you mentioned? Um, oh, how we had how, how great is our God and how He loves. I think we should maybe pick one or two from that group. Yeah, they're uh, all kind of that 2000s. Yeah, so I feel like this amazing grace has to go on because. Oh, absolutely, we all agree. Yeah, this amazing grace. We'll put that. Um. Okay. Uh, yeah. I if we're going to add one that is more recent, um, I will say that both build my life and so will I. I think are are the two ones we should consider from that, because I think they're both songs that will transcend. Uh, you know, you hear a worship song and you're like, this one's going to last a real long yeah. time. I think both those will last a real long time. So I just have- think so a lot a bit unique because of how it focuses on creation um, versus um, build my life. I'm, I'm just looking at it and, and I don't have, you know, I don't want to, cause I haven't actually heard it. So, but it's more about, it's a praise song. And I think there's a lot of praise songs that are amazing, but, I think so will I is kind of unique. It's kind of like, uh, like the Gunger song, you know, um, like beautiful things like that kind of thing. like beautiful things, or it's just a little different, you know, it's not the same, the same song. It's, it's more of a, you know, it has, it has more to it. I think so. it's so funny that, like to hear y'all talk about these songs and like, um, the words or the theology or, and for me, it's just like, no, does that song just hit you right here in the soul? And, <laughs> Does it bop or like, does it make you want to stand, stand up and dance or whatever? And y'all are like, but so I does that. I mean, it hits me right here and it has this kind of, it's a bit unique in contemporary music. 
So here's so I would I would offer for us to put both of them on there, but my opinion is we have to have how great is our God and we have to have how he loves as two more on top of this amazing grace. I feel like both those songs are kind of like if if we're gonna talk about how he loves as being if we're talking about songs that bop, that have great theology, and that kind of are defining an era and really are are going to last a long time and have a big cultural impact, I feel like I feel like how he loves has to be on there if we're gonna fit all of our criteria okay uh, I, so we got I, so this how is he amazing loves. grace how he loves that's my opinion i mean feel free to disagree with me on it um and, and i also and feel like how great is our god is kind of a david you didn't include that one actually come to think of it so i thought two no, of us okay. included it but actually i'm the only one that put it i'm kind of wait i'm the only one that put how great is our god whoo all right all right okay I think you're right, and and then I would I would say so a lot would be the last one for me. But if you if you really think build my life, um, the two of y'all over so a lot, I'll I'll bow to y'all's knowledge. Trevor, are you willing to seed build my life instead to uh, so will I? It's a bop. Be honest, so will I is a bop. See, see, it doesn't do it for me. Like what? it doesn't do it for me. Okay. It's like. Oh, sweet baby Jesus, we're on verse eight of this song and we're 18 minutes in and like, I don't don't know. And build my life, isn't? I'm looking at the lyrics. It's like 10 pages long. I I will say, as a worship leader, as a worship leader that has played these songs many times, So Will I is definitely the longer song. But part of that's that's also because, um, well, longer the song in terms of more words. Uh, uh, They're both actually pretty comparable when you play them lengthwise because build my life repeats so much well and see for me i think that's where and this is where if you're really in contemporary music or you have a you really like hymns uh so will i will like meet the person who loves hymns right Right. because you're not singing the same thing right Um, i I do not like i am not on the charismatic scale so i do not like songs that repeat oh which is weird today I do like Cezay, but it's different. It's more of a, a mindset. And I don't know why it feels different for me. But just no, like modeling totally. in the same line over and over and over again, it, you know, that's if that's what heaven is, count me out. Oh, I'm 100% there. And like, especially with the, and Austin and I'll talk about this all the time like, hey, I need you to build here and like, or just sit in this moment. And like, uh, <laughs> y'all should see the faces he's making. Um, but, how about, or okay. like, hey, can we? I have a solution. Okay. In March Madness, sometimes for the 16 seed, they have a qualifier because there were bubble teams that they couldn't qualify. How about for this one only? We'll make sure that for the last one, we'll have four only for hymns. But for this so one, this, this is like a play in, basically. This is the play in. I like it. This is the play in. Okay. So will I okay. and, uh, and build my life. Okay. And that will so automatically be, the- be four. Yeah, they have to be. It has to be the first. Okay, so who are you putting one, two, three? This is Amazing Grace. How he loves. How great is our God? Man, those are hard. Those are all three about the same. You know, I think it. I think that this is Amazing Grace has to be three though. You think it has to be three? Yeah. Oh, see, for me, that that that's the number one for me, just because like I can. We still use it. Whereas, that's like. True. We're not going to use how great is our God. <laughs> I'm, also, right. I'm also going to argue, here's the other reason I think this Amazing Grace would fit Wells, number one, because then it, it faces the winner of So Will I Build My Life. 
So from yeah, a bracketology like perspective, we get the two more most recent ones facing each other and the two more classic ones facing each other. And then we get to face off then in the final of that region. So so How Great Is Our God or uh, How He Loves? I think How Great Is Our God has to be the 2C and then How He Loves 3. No. I'm okay with Trevor that. Trevor and I, Trevor and I do not, we're not Here's, compatible. No, that's fine. That's fine. Guys, it doesn't matter. Only matters for the matchup. So it's okay. That's true. It's okay. We'll, that's we got fine. it. Okay. All right. Lastly, Final rumble here. Lastly, we have hymns. We are almost done. If you've listened this long, thank you so much for sticking with us. So, um, okay. Lastly, we have hymns. I'll go first. I have Amazing Grace, Silent Night, Joy to the World, and Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Yes, I put two Christmas ones. Okay, I have Come Thou Fount as well. Okay. Uh, what else? So do that, have? that would be a, I have How Great Thou Art. Uh, it's one of those classic ones. Um, and I cho- intentionally chose did not choose Amazing Grace because I figured someone else would. Be Thou My Vision um, is one of my favorites, and I think it's a classic and, uh, you know, helps us to set our eyes on God. And then All Creatures of Our God and King, because, again, it has the Trinitarian formula in it, and, and I like the team, So, Okay. Trevor, what you got? Uh, Amazing Grace. I mean, that has to be on the list. Uh, it is well. And in the garden, that one, that, that one will do it for you. Um, and then y'all are going to make fun of me. Uh, but my fourth seed is victory in Jesus, just because it brings me back to West Texas hymn sings and Every Sunday night, I request every Sunday night that we had those. I requested that song. I, night. I'm not gonna make fun of that. That's a great song. I'm not gonna make fun I'm of not. it. Well, actually, I'm gonna make fun of you. I'm not gonna make fun of the song. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, the song doesn't deserve to be made fun of. But like, I, I, it was hard, man. Like cutting the "Tis So Sweet" or um, "Sweet Hour of Prayer." Like, I mean, good song. This one was hard too. Like did I you said, um yeah good no i was gonna say do we definitely want to put amazing grace number one i mean is there any really argument i don't feel like there's any reason we shouldn't put it one <laughs> uh, i'll put it that way i feel like it has to be one yeah because okay so i mean in terms of bop in terms of theology in terms of cultural significance significance yeah. i just said significance it's been made in every genre everything yeah it is it is yeah i feel like that has to be one and I feel like that's the number one seed of the tournament, to be honest. That's like top, yes. top dog. Um, okay. So let me make a pitch real quick for Christmas songs since y'all didn't mention any. I feel like the Christmas hymns are also bops, and they're ones that people outside of the church or that are Christian-ish would immediately recognize and connect with and experience God in. That's their connection to God. One. Which ones did you mention? I mentioned Silent Night and Joy of the World because I felt like, be, besides like Hark the Herald and stuff like that, which Wesley yeah. wrote, I felt like those were the two biggest, most popular, most well-known Christmas songs. Well, and I feel like every musician anywhere has done a Christmas album, and probably those two have made that Christmas album. I will neither I think- confirm nor deny that I did a Christmas <laughs> album. Oh, we've got to hear it. I can't wait. Yeah, why has this not been released? It was released on At Facebook. least to the two of us. It was released on Facebook years ago. 
Well, we're going to go find it. It's a so, live album. Um, yeah, okay. I was down on the table for Silent Night. I mean, that's in most of our traditions. That's how you conclude the Christmas Eve service, lighting candles, singing Silent Night. And if you don't do that, you're probably going to get run out of town. And so I think it's the two seat, actually. Okay. And I'm okay conceding. So we need to do more? Side of the year in the church, and that's the song you have to sing on that night, right? Yeah. Just like Christ Lord is risen today is going to be sung on Easter. It needs to be there. You're going to sing Silent Night on on this. I think it, I think that uh, it's number two. Are you okay with that, Trevor? Yeah. Okay. So now the hard part, three and four. I'm personally okay with conceding joy to the world at this point. I don't feel like that's a necessary include. Two of us had come thou fount. Um, it, did, I think two, did two of y'all have how great thou art? Did both of y'all have that? I, I did not, but I mean, it would be, I don't see why it wouldn't make it, right? Like, right. yeah, it, I think that was just an oversight on my behalf, if that makes sense. I think How Great Thou Art has to be on there. Would y'all be okay including Come Thou Fount and then How Great Thou Art in that order? I would. <sighs> see, I think It Is Well has to be somewhere on there. You think so? See, it's think a of how many. Argument. Yeah. Think how many contemporary like renditions have been done on it as well. There's a fair amount on Come Thou Fount too. Yeah, yeah. But you know how great thou art. I'm gonna say I, I think you're right. I think that we probably should put it as well because we don't have that style. We don't have the grieving song, the one that is dealing with suffering. You know, we don't have a lot of those in this, and I think that 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 idea of like again kind of going back to the uniqueness of it of i'm in the midst of suffering and yet i can still praise god and say it is well with my soul um yeah i probably would back out come thou found even though i love it that's my really? that's probably my favorite hymn is come thou found oh man really yeah i love it oh man i'm huh. shocked that you would pull out come thou found before how great thou art i feel like come thou found is definitely above how great thou art well i'd be i'd be willing to do that actually i, I just I think, think trevor no. would disagree with me Come Thou Fountain, just like, I don't know that it, like, I would never put it in the rum raisin. Okay. Oh, I would never put it in the rum raisin. Sorry. I, I leaned back, back in the chair and was. Your mic. <laughs> just, Trevor's getting so emotional. He's just leaning back and thinking and in the zone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, why don't we, we can compromise though. Since you're getting it as well, we can get Come Thou Fountain. Okay. Okay. What's the say order? that through gritted teeth. What's the order? Who's gonna have to face come? Who's gonna have to face Amazing Grace round one? The one I just conceded about coming out. Found. Okay, I think that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, because it is well going to go up against Silent Night, so that's that's pretty rough too. Totally, but I think it has a better chance than Amazing Grace. I feel like Amazing Grace is. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Okay, so this is great. We've got all four brackets, all four uh, categories of the bracket. For Wesleyan, we start with Hark, the Herald Angels Sing. Second is Christ the Lord is Risen Today. O four thousand tongues to sing is third. And fourth is Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. That's a, I mean, that's a solid bracket. It's really going to stand up. Yeah. Over in the gospel section, we start with We Shall Overcome. Second is The Old Rugged Cross. O Happy Day is third. And Bring Up the Rear is Wade in the Water. I think another great bracket. I feel good about that one. For the contemporary songs, we have This is Amazing Grace. How Great Is Our God, How He Loves, and a play-in between So Will I and Build My Life. I'm really intrigued like to it. watch that. 
that'll be really contentious, I think. And then lastly, we have Amazing Grace, Silent Night, It Is Well, and Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Guys, these are a strong 16 songs. Well, 17, technically. I feel good about this. Y'all feel good? I think we did well. This was fun. So, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the Austin, would you do, uh, let's release these, what do you say, Monday? Like, I'll will you? Them. They'll be out Monday. Will you, what we'll do is Austin will send the two of us the uh, formatted bracket. David and I will kind of set up, the three of us over the weekend will set up our bracket. And then we'll post a bracket for you to fill out on Monday, uh, both on our Facebook page at Good News and at Rockbridge. And then uh, starting Monday, we'll also set up uh, polls, starting with the number one overall seed. Um, what what I'm going to ask Austin is maybe that you tag or link the a YouTube link of each song, just so that people could um, can listen. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think so. We're going to do this primarily on Facebook. I think that's the most common social media. I think so. Yeah, and we can do a poll. We'll do a poll of each one for like a day or two. Yep. And, and then uh, we'll also talk about it at the next podcast of the ones we've done so far and how it's going and stuff like that. Sound good? Yep. Sounds that great. works for me. Well, all right. And I think for... we got to do 16, 17 first. We got to so... do, we're going to start with 16, 17, the plan. Okay. Well, if you stuck it out this long, thank you so much. Uh, we're really excited about this. Thanks for listening to us hash this out. We can't wait to send this out to you. Uh, We hope you have a great day, a great weekend, and you'll see everything on Monday. All right. Thanks for the time. Bye.